Hello, my name is Holly Owens, and welcome to Ed Up Ed Tech, the podcast that keeps you in the know about all the latest ed tech happenings. We interview guests from around the globe to give you deeper insights into the ed tech industry, the field of instructional design, and more. We're proudly a part of America's leading podcast network, the EdUp Experience. It's time to sit back and enjoy the latest episode of EdUp EdTech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of EdUp EdTech. My name is Holly Owens. And my name is Nadia Johnson, and we're your hosts. And we're super stoked today. We have a great guest with us who's going to tell us all about his journey into ed tech. Uh, we have co-founder of Teaching Tools. We have Michael McCreary, and he is on the show. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks, Holly and Nadia. Great to be here. And I said your last name right, correct? Yep. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> That's my win for today. <laughs> I don't know that I think a lot of people know on the on the the show that I have like this thing I I want to say people's last names right but then there's this accent thing going on and weird speech stuff so sometimes I mess it up but I'm glad I said it right and we're glad you're here so we want to know we're going to talk all about teaching tools but we want to know first tell us about your journey how did you get here to be the co-founder of this yeah thanks for asking so I was a graduate student at Johns Hopkins and in the classroom teaching undergraduates and also got involved with working with Centers for Teaching and Learning. So a lot of universities have these now, um, kind of pedagogical support offices right within the within the institution. And a lot of the things I was learning, I felt were really hard to translate into my own teaching at the time when I was a grad student and thought, couldn't I use technology to make this process a little bit smoother and remind myself of the good teaching techniques that I should be using in the classroom? Um, so I partnered up with my sister, who's a professional uh, software engineer. Um, and so I brought the pedagogy and she brought the code and we created teaching tools together to help other instructors uh, like myself who wanted to um, do a little bit more, um, incorporate more of effective teaching practices into their actual day to day. Because it's one thing to know about them and go to a workshop and kind of learn about these things. but it's sometimes hard to figure out how exactly to um, practice those when you're actually in front of students. So we're trying to yeah. put together some tools. Piece, but yeah. <laughs> the application piece can definitely be a challenge. And I think it's great that you said that you were at John Hopkins. I'm a native Marylander, so I know where that is down in uh, Baltimore. Um, yeah. And I, I really love the, I love when stories start with, I was a student and I, you know, I went and I wanted to change this or I wanted to do this and teach better and make this better for learners. Yeah. Awesome. Well, all right. So, so you, your sister is a programmer, you said, yep. so you're, that's, that's very lucky because developing a tool <laughs> takes a lot of coding. And that's something I'm definitely scared, scared of. I don't know about you, not, <laughs> but yeah, no, I was going to say, I loved that. Like they were like, they had two different strengths and they kind of just like brought them together to build this like great, great tool that can be used. So I, I yeah, I, the pedagogy part I've got, but a lot, I mean, I'm not bad at tech, but I mean, sometimes tech takes time like that code, like, and I don't have any coding experience. So yeah. 
I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I always think when you when you think of ideas like this, you're like, oh, I need somebody to code because I'm not coding. So you have you have that all built in. Yeah, it's such a barrier actually to a lot of teachers to create their own ed tech platforms because they do come up with these great ideas, but the implementation of that of getting somebody to actually program it for you is so cost costly. And mm-hmm. if you haven't validated a business model, the uh, you know you can invest a lot of money into some bu- building something, paying somebody to build something that doesn't turn out to be very profitable. So. I, I wish more teachers would have access to, um, you know, linking in with units that could test out their visions and and let them see if they're on to a good idea um, and develop those things. Because I do think that's why you get a lot of um, ed tech that um, doesn't have a lot of ed in it is because it's easier for programmers to program something uh, and ask a teacher, you know, for some advice here and there than it is for teachers to kind of do the, do the opposite because the programming skills are so expensive. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I, what I want to know is how would you personally define educational technology? Um, since that is like what we're all about, what is your definition of that? Yeah. I mean, this is something that I've been learning myself. I think that I'm, invested in a very particular niche of educational technology. And I don't have a great sense of what everything in this big basket is. So I'm in particular interested in um, teacher focused ed tech in in the higher education space. So that's kind of my, my niche, but I know there's lots of other things in ed tech that um, don't even, doesn't even necessarily relate to teaching and learning, which is my background. When I think of educational technology, it has to do with, you know, uh, there has to be some kind of com- learning component to it, but that's not always even true. There could be an enrollment platform or a platform to help you get jobs. It's not really directly related to the classroom experience. So um, I'm learning about lots of different things that are in ed tech, but really trying to stick closely to my niche and teaching tools. You know, it's kind of in the name a little bit. We're <laughs> directed at, at teachers uh, and uh, trying to provide tools that will help them uh, teach more effectively um, in the classroom, online, that kind of thing, in higher education specifically. Yeah, it sounds like you're you're very, you're very focused and narrowed in on that. And I think a lot of times like ed tech companies, they'll make things that are very fun and engaging for students, but while in the back end, it's not easy for instructors to learn. They have to go through all these trainings or these professional developments, whereas this tool, and we definitely want to get into more about this, this is going to help them streamline some of their, their workflows into incorporating different types of, you know, lessons. And I, you know, sometimes as an educator, you're just like, I don't even know where to start um, with this particular, like, you know, the content, because you're the SME, you're the designer, you're the facilitator, you're all the things. So tell us a little bit about teaching tools. Like how does the product or service, I've obviously done some research, um, but we want to tell the audience, how does the products and services that you offer help institutions and organizations in education? Yeah, it's a great question. I think that um, it's, you know, you mentioned a lot of products are designed with students in mind and not too many with teachers. And I think uh, uh, I wish that more ed tech 
products were designed with teachers in mind because sometimes they are the kind of missing middle almost where it's either designed for students to be the end user and then it's also designed for administrators to kind of have a high level analytics dashboard or something like that. Um, but teachers are often a little bit left uh, in the lurch um, uh, when it comes to ed tech, I think. And so all our tools um, so far uh, are designed with the teacher to be the end user. We don't have um, any kind of admin panels or something where a, you oh, know, right. a, the a dean can that like I was talking about. Yeah. check on, you know, whether the lost the in world. Yeah, we don't do that. We don't have anything like that right now. So all of our all of our tools are for hired instructors, and we conceive that broadly too. So it could be for adjunct instructors or graduate student instructors or postdoc instructors, but anyone who's teaching a class, um, either online, especially synchronously online uh, or in person, our tools are, can be used for. So some of the particular tools we have, we have three, four, or five tools uh, out now, and the very first one we started with was a basic lesson planning tool. Um, and so to use that, you really just, um, we have different activity types. So whether it's a lecture or a think, pair, share, or a small group discussion or a case study, we have about 40 or so activity types. And you kind of use the activities to build up uh, a lesson plan and you can assign times to the different activities and get feedback about how effective your lesson design might be. Um, that's one of the things we do. We have another tool that is called the Active Learning Library, which is actually our most popular tool, which is really just a kind of website where you can see all of those 40 different learning activities if you want to. You know, a lot of folks, um, active learning has become kind of a buzzword in education um, and people, you know, they want to do active learning. They want to incorporate active learning strategies into their class, but they don't know exactly what that means or how to do it or what, like, what kind of concrete you know, steps they would need to take in order to do that. And so our active learning library gives a list of 40 different activity types and you can sort them um, by the different categories. So if you want to really work on metacognition in your class, you can see which activities might work well for that. Or if you want an activity that's gonna be really easy to prepare, to prepare, it should take you five minutes or less to prepare this activity. You can filter the activities like that and see um, which ones might work for you. So that's a really cool tool if you're interested in active learning or if you're running a workshop on active learning and want to show folks like what this would actually look like. Um, this is a, a great tool where you can browse um, different learning strategies and get concrete tips on how to implement them. So those are two uh, tools we have. The last one that we've launched most recently is called a brainstorming tool. And that's an AI powered tool where you can kind of it kind of integrates with that active learning library. So if you want to, if you decide you want to do a discussion in your classroom, you can use the brainstorming tool to, you just put in your course name and your lesson title, and it will give you some discussion questions that you could use um, based on active learning principles. I love it how how easy it looks just to start it from your website. It just I looks super. In, it looks super intuitive and it like not intimidating. Like you can right. just go in and and just do it and it it gives you the support that you need. I'm going to I'm going to tell my mom about this. She's an adjunct <laughs> and she I feel like she would love this. Like this would help her with like thought generation and just like how to do different activities um with her online classes. So I think this is amazing. Um I think something that you touched on was like um it being like a lot of edtech tools are centered more so around 
like students versus teachers, but like teachers are the facilitators of the learning. Like they need just as much um, support as as students do um, with the learning. So I think this is an awesome tool that like facilitators of learning couldn't really use to just like add, add an extra edge um, to the learning um, and kind of help them help. I, I think this is, this is awesome. I have a question I'm thinking yeah. now because I'm thinking about, I'm an adjunct as well. And I'm I know I, was I would definitely use this. I was like, because, are you <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And then share it with my team that at tour that I work with and because we there's so many different things that you have to do like as you know as a grad student you're teaching assistant or something like that keeping track of all the students just, just takes away that worry um and let me let me go back to uh, what I was thinking about um is that you know you have the you have the AI stuff incorporated now which is which is great um and one of the things I was thinking is that you could definitely get like you could definitely eliminate some training that has to happen here like I know when you incorporate some sort of change management or you're putting in like a new opportunity for adjuncts, like the first thing they think is, or even educators too, is that I'm going to have to go to some boring training. And I see that you offer workshops and things, but I also think too, like this is something that people can, they can go look at it beforehand, test it out, and then come to the training with the more higher level questions of of the more advanced things that they could, they could do and then share, you know, collaborate, share different lessons and things that they've done. So it's kind of, you kind of put it like a, like a, a flipped spin on this. Like they could go try it and use it and then come into the training and really dig deep into like, okay, well, this is what I did with it. This is the lesson I shared. So it sounds like you're creating a great community as well with mm -hmm. this tool and, you know, with some of the case studies that you already have in place. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. I think that's one of the, the key things that the tool was trying to do and the, you know, teaching tools as a company was trying to solve for was that educators um, tend to believe in their own enterprise, which is great. Um, and they kind of sometimes think that education will solve lots of things. Um, <laughs> uh, and so usually the first pass when there's a, a gap in um you know, in a skill or a gap in knowledge is to throw a training at it. Um, yeah. And trainings can yep. be effective um, sometimes, but we believe that even for trainings to be most effective, it, instructors need systems and tools that will be able to kind of support that training um, and be able to kind of integrate more into their everyday workflow. Because if you do a whole workshop on lesson design, and then just send people back to their notepad or to their Microsoft Word, you know, blank document, that tool isn't really reinforcing or helping that training that they got on how to incorporate active learning into their teaching. So um, that's why we've taken more of a systems approach uh, to thinking about how can we, um, how can we supplement these trainings and workshops and PDF documents and other, you know, even podcasts, other podcasts on teaching, how can we create something that will be able to integrate, you know, into that teachers can use while they're actually doing, like yeah, while they're actually yeah, doing yeah, the design yeah. process. So not, not at the expense of the other things, but in addition to, to really meet them where they are um, and kind of provide just in time tools that they can use, you know, when they're 
um, actually designing their learning experiences or facilitating their learning experiences. I think that's a great angle and like a good um, a good way to to look at it as far as like supplementing um, instead of like giving them a training. Like you said, I think that this is definitely more practical. Um, so without giving us too much, um, you know, not spilling all of your secrets, we're not asking for all of the tea, but like what, what is on the roadmap um, for the upcoming year for teaching tools? Is there any new exciting things that you're doing that you want to share um, with the audience? Yeah, so thanks for asking. Yeah, I'm really excited to share one of our new products that has not launched yet. Um, so if you're listening to this, you're probably one of the first people to formal announcement, and it's going to be this. in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. So what we're doing right now is we're working on um, making this brainstorming tool a little bit even more usable uh, for people. Um, make it integrate into their everyday even easier. Because right now you still have to log on to teaching tools, you have to sign in, you have to put in your course name and so on in order to get these AI outputs. Um, and we think AI is a really powerful tool, but it's it's tricky to figure out how to do it in a way that um, isn't asking instructors to do more work of going on to chat GPT and trying to figure out how to learn prompt engineering. And, you know, it, it can be a more work than it actually saves right sometimes to get... yeah exactly <laughs> so what we're working on right now is um is taking instructors syllabi and turning those into teaching packs that they can have for each individual lesson so the 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 product uh involves just sending us your syllabus and then every day before your lesson or at the beginning of the week, as you prefer, we'll send you a, a pack of, you know, 10, 15 pages of teaching materials of discussion questions, case studies, um, metacognition activities, all sorts of things that you can use on that day just using your syllabus. Um, so we're really excited about that and think that um, we can really unlock the work that instructors have already done because instructors usually put a lot of time and thought in higher ed into their syllabi and trying to figure out, okay, what exactly am I going to be covering? It on takes every forever. Day? Yeah. yeah. It's a template. It feels like setting up the schedule, <laughs> getting the rubrics, the assignment instructions and being clear about everything. It takes forever. It and for so what I hear, students don't actually read the syllabus. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's just a formality for accreditation and, and that we're meeting certain learning outcomes, right? My mom is like constantly saying it's on the syllabus. It's always been on <laughs> There's the shirts. It's There's still shirts. there on the syllabus. She has a on mug. Yeah. So if you're going to invest all this design time and thought process into the syllabus, we want to really like help instructors unlock that using AI and say, okay, you've done a ton of design work already. We're not going to ask you to now read to do more design work for an individual lesson plan. Uh, we're going to actually just take the design work you've already done and um, help you brainstorm ways that you can, you know, um, incorporate active learning strategies into your class. And all of our tools, including the brainstorming tool, why it's called the brainstorming tool is that we're not trying to give people like canned lessons of, okay, say this, then now say this, and I'll say this, like in instructors don't want that. Um, that's not how, that's not effective teaching. So the approach we use with all of our tools, including these teaching packs is to kind of give you a bunch of materials to help you brainstorm, to help you, you know, use as a first draft as a rough draft. And you can pick and choose what you want. And 
we intentionally provide kind of too much information, knowing that some of it you're not going to want in a in a given class period. Um, so it's just meant to be a kind of resource that you can, if you're walking into class or if you're logging onto class, if you're online, you can, you know, maybe you only had 10, 15 minutes to do some prep beforehand, but you say, hey, I have this in my, in my back pocket. I have everything I need to facilitate this class in a way that's going to be meaningful to students. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, to, like, like you said, you might have 10 to 15 minutes and even sometimes like right before I teach in the evenings, like I maybe have five minutes just to think, yeah. think of something creative and your, what your tool is do, doing is allowing for educators and adjunct instructors and people that teach across, you know, different organizations is to really be creative. And I think that's the piece that people are missing is that it, like we want the end result to be like we want the instant gratification we want the application piece but it takes steps to get there and also you have to be thoughtful about that approach and we don't allow people enough time um, to be in their creative state of mind to really formulate a lesson that's going to be like wow or you know something that's going to build up to something that's wow um, so I really feel like your product is going to help you know, give people more of that time. I felt like a teacher, I didn't have that time. And, yeah. and to focus on the learning because you're getting that time back and you're now able to like take what is being generated and what's what these tools, how these tools are supporting you. And you're able to now focus on the learning um, and not so much of the ideation and the, the creative piece. Um, so I think that's that's also another thing that I, I, I see as a benefit here too. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many, especially in higher education, there's so many systemic factors kind of standing in the way of good teaching. A lot of oh yeah. incentive structures, even training structures when you're going through your, you know, training to become a professor and instructor. Um, there's tons of systemic barriers around that and how we mm -hmm. even value and reward teaching in higher education. Um, and so, um, we're hoping to produce tools that can really help folks who want to be a good teacher, who are invested in teaching, but they're not necessarily being supported by their um, by the system of higher education that we're that we're in to kind of be successful in the way that they would want to. So, we want instructors to be able to, you know, really come into class feeling confident and leave class feeling like, you know, they've made made an impact. Um, they feel like the time spent with students was rewarding for them and uh, valuable to students. Yeah. Have you, you probably have because you've created teaching tools, but I was just thinking the missing course that was published out on Harvard University Press, but have you heard of this before? Yeah. Think, on myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember I was thinking to myself one day, I was like, why aren't there courses? Because so many higher education instructors are wonderful SMEs. They know their content. Fantastic. They're wonderful. They can tell you all about microbiology, microeconomics, all the different things, but they don't know how to teach. Oh yeah. They don't know the learning science. I just think back to college and I hundred yeah. percent agree. <laughs> you know, you know, all the, like the trauma from that. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is, this is like a, this is like, um, like an evolution of that to me. Um, and I love it that you're, you're giving them this opportunity to kind of be in a, a safe space and also not feel like super overwhelmed by 
what they have to accomplish. I love it. So yeah, the missing course came, came into my head. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was in a group of, um, a student club was interviewing me about my business and they were asking about, uh, you know, can you, uh, identify the challenge of higher edu ed teaching like what's the ch what's the problem that you're solving for here and I kind of just threw it back at them I'm like you're undergraduate students uh how what is the quality you of your teaching in class <laughs> and they said oh okay yeah we know what you're talking about now <laughs> yeah they're probably like oh yeah we understand they, sh yep. they should definitely know that some <laughs> things are missing but there are really some really great instructors out there that do some awesome stuff and even in big lecture halls so we don't want to take that away from them but things can improve always um so michael we're coming up on the end of the episode here and we have two really like three final questions we want to ask you as we wrap up and we definitely want to have you back um you know and get updates on all the things that you're doing with teaching tools so we want to know if there's anything that we missed that you want our audience to know about teaching tools and then we also want to hear from you about like what do you think the future of education in this space looks like like with higher education and supporting teaching and you know there's a lot of different and I can bring in I'm, my brain is trying not to bring in other topics because we we saw the enrollment crisis and all those different things happening that will impact things like this but you know what do you see in a vision for the future so did we miss anything and what does the future of this look uh, this space look like yeah thanks for those questions I think I would almost tackle them together by talking a little sure. bit more about AI um, because there's tons of, I mean, you all know is doing this podcast and surveying the landscape of the space. There's tons of new ed tech companies right now that have been coming up uh, as kind of chat GPT wrappers or some sort of offering AI integrations and so on. Um, so one of the things I would like people to know about teaching tools is that we started doing lesson planning before ChatGPT launched. Um, and we were invested in trying to help people with their lesson planning, planning process, like without AI, <laughs> kind of. Um, and I think that matters because even as we're currently developing some more AI products uh, and leaning into that, we don't see ourselves as an AI company. We see ourselves as a company that tries to provide teachers with technologies that are useful to them. And some of those will incorporate AI and some of them won't. Um, and so I just think that's important to um, for people to keep in mind um, when they're evaluating their ed tech, you know, usage or um, looking at a new tool is how did this start? Why did this start? What, how is this, um, you know, ignoring or embracing AI or what, what's their relationship to AI? So um, our approach is definitely to you know, use AI within its limitations um, and then kind of, um, but not be, you know, not see it as a, a lot of people are. Um, oh, there's the resistors. They're out there. Yeah. And then uh, there's resistors. And then there's also folks that are using a treating AI like ma a magic a magic thing. True. You know, they'll, they'll the put like do magic it. or yeah. it's a magic, it's a magic resource and we're not really seeing it as magic we're seeing it as a, a you know an uh, a major advance in you know computational methods um but it's it's not met it's not magic and I'll, you know uh it's it's another technology for our tool basket but it's not um something that we think is um 
should be treated as a kind of uh you know like it fixes it's panacea, not a silver yeah. bullet end all be all fix exactly <laughs> yeah fixer like you said it's magic it's just you know david blaine it just fixes everything or harry potter it's yeah bing, that's it <laughs> Yeah, so I think the future of EdTech is going to have to, you know, to lean into that part of the question. I think the future is going to really have to see where AI, you know, takes us and to what extent. I mean, the question people are asking right now, since yesterday they, you know, OpenAI announced the GPTs of kind of per more personalized models that you can share and there's going to be a GPT library and so on is... Um, are the smaller ed tech companies going to be able to compete with the larger um, groups? And I think they will if they're able to provide, if they're not just seeing themselves as an AI company and they're also trying to figure out um, how to customize the total user experience in a way that incorporates AI because at the end of the day, open AI interface is what it is. Um, they're not going to be able to create a custom education. I mean, maybe they will, uh, you know, in quite a few years, but I don't think that's what they're really interested in doing. Um, so I think EdTech is going to really have to lean into um, using AI to do what it's good at in a, in, a, in a constrained way, and then really trying to find user experience um, experiences that will match up with you know their the goals for that product absolutely and i agree with you on that you know the human component is so important like you said there's there's the resistors and they aren't going to use it you know yeah. new york city public schools like completely just said at the beginning this is blocked and then the people who are like well yeah. it's supposed to fix everything why isn't it fixing everything and then you know they they'll the complainers like it's a like you said it's a tool it it's in using combination with something else like if you need to put a something hang up something on your wall you're going to need a hammer or a nail you're going to need a leveler you need all yeah. those things in order to accomplish the goal exactly yeah and so it it's easy to see technologies like ai as a solution to all problems if you're not thinking about specific tangible problems <laughs> and you know once you once you have an idea of what a, a challenge in education is, a specific one, it can be harder to see AI as a solution for all of those, if that makes sense. And I think that's why mm -hmm. innovators who don't have a good grounding in educational issues pre-AI are not going to be the ones um, best suited to um, creating AI, AI solutions. Uh, because you know if, if you don't have a concrete sense of what the challenges are you know in a classroom then you won't know which of those ai can actually be a proper response to yeah yeah well michael thank you so much for coming on at up at tech and sharing all about teaching tools and of course we're going to have everything in the show notes where they can link with you and also link with teaching tools and find all the different things that you're doing. So we really appreciate your time. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I, it'll be in the show notes. The So the teaching packs that I mentioned of bringing the syllabus to uh, kind of giving you a Google Doc of different resources you can use, we're going to start piloting that for the January and spring term. So there'll be a place on our website where you can sign up for that. Perfect. Love it. Awesome. Great, resource, great resources.
Well, thanks for joining us. Thank you both. My pleasure. You've just experienced an another amazing episode of EdUp EdTech. Be sure to visit our website at edupedtech.com to get all the updates on the latest EdTech happenings. See you next time.